0: For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust and rely on by helping you across all the places where you write the most. With one click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply quickly with suggestions based on your context and goals. Accelerate productivity for you and your teams. More than 30 million people rely on Grammarly to help them with their writing today. Applying to new jobs? With Grammarly by your side, you can apply to your dream job with confidence by tailoring your cover letter and revising your resume in seconds. A big presentation coming up? Let Grammarly create a personalized outline to get you organized so you can transform your ideas into a compelling presentation. For your next vacation, it can help you create a whole itinerary. Grammarly is here to assist you at every step of your writing so you can show up with confidence. You'll be amazed at what you can do. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot slash podcast. The is it morning yet deal? How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Get any sized iced coffee for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And sweeten the deal when you pair it with a baked apple or pumpkin and creme pie. After all, why wait to treat yourself? Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome to Season 4 of
1: Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. This podcast is not just information, but impartation and activation. We believe that every conversation will encourage, equip, and empower you to live the daily supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast and then share every episode with your friends and family and be activated. Thank you so very much for joining in to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for what the wonderful Holy Spirit is doing around the world. We're seeing revival take place in in Christian universities and even in secular universities I've been praying for that as well you know I want God to move in Yale and Harvard in Princeton in the University of Oregon, Arizona State. you name it for his Holy Spirit to be poured out in power around the world. Uh, I've got a very timely message today with Dr. Steve Foss, who has a book out called Looking Unto Jesus. He's an apostolic and prophetic veteran in in the trenches. He's discipled over 250,000, 300,000 people through his ministry. Uh, His website, you could go to stevefoss.com. But Steve has an important message of how we need to focus on jesus and he's got a 30-day devotional book that is full of uh, spiritual truths that are relevant today as seeding into revival and as i know he's been praying into it and and scattering and, and harvesting and seeing what the holy spirit's doing through him so steve is trained uh nations around the world for the last 30-35 years or so. He's trained hundreds of thousands of pastors and leaders in schools of ministry. He's pastored three churches, and he's got his Zadok discipleship course. He's a senior associate with Morris Sorolo World Evangelism. He's been a guest on Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, so I'd encourage you, encourage you, if you haven't checked out those episodes, check them out. They're full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's known for powerful revelation, and I know that he's had personal encounters with Jesus Himself. So, Doctor Steve, thank you for being my special guest today.
2: Oh, it's great to be with you,
1: Jared. Well, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to have you on, Doctor Steve. Can you share some of your background? I mean, you—you know—just reading your bio, I know that you've got thousands of stories to share. Uh, but let's get some people uh, who may not be familiar with you to to know how you came to Christ, how you were called into ministry?
2: Yeah, I was, I, was, uh, I was kicked out of high school six weeks before graduation. I was five years a drug addict and alcoholic. Um, and uh, I was just looking for the next place to party. In fact, the last year before I got saved, there wasn't a single night uh, that I went to sleep without being wasted. And um, a lot of things were collapsing in my life. You know, God has a way of kind of collapsing everything around you to push you where he wants you. And so I ended up going, living back with my mother and I had a very bad relationship with her. And she demanded if I'm gonna live there, I have to go to school or I have to pay rent. So I went to school and um, there's a young man invited me to the University of Pacific campus. He said, we have a Friday night meeting. Uh, We have uh, 300 young people, we have a live band and we dance. And I had never, you know, I, I was raised in a Catholic church so I'd never been in a spirit-filled meeting or anything like that. So I show up. I'm thinking it's a club. So I show up in my dancing clothes and all this other stuff. And it's one of these slanted lecture halls. And the floor area is not that big. And the band fills up the whole area. I'm thinking, where do these people dance? Well, I was about to find out. As soon as the worship started going, these they were, there was such a move of God happening. There was such a celebratory spirit. The man of God began to preach. And as he preached, he started quoting scriptures. You know, people sometimes say, well, we've, we can't use too much of the Bible because people don't understand it. Oh, no. He just quoted scriptures, and the word has power. It just penetrated my spirit. He got to the end, and he said, if anybody wants to give their life to Jesus, had everybody bow their heads, close their eyes. Four people raised their hand, but I put my hands under my legs. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> what a guy's saying me, makes sense, but there's no way. He called those people down. And he began to pray for them. And the power of the Holy Spirit began to fall. They started getting slain in the spirit. I had never seen anything like this. For 40 minutes, he continued to minister to different people. For 40 minutes, I wrestled. I heard a voice saying, give your life to Jesus. And I heard another voice screaming, no, keep doing your drugs. After 40 minutes, I'm way up in the back of the lecture hall. I bowed my head and I said, God, if this is really you, have that preacher call me out of the audience. I didn't know about the word of knowledge or anything like that. Within 20, 30 seconds, he pointed right to me and he said, young man, the Lord wants you down here. I started climbing over rows of chairs to get down there. I get down there. He says, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And I just, I'm scared. I was freaked out (laughs) because I just prayed a very specific prayer and God answered it. He calmed me down he led me through the sinner's prayer. He laid his hands on me, and I wrote, I'll never forget this. He bound the power of Satan over my life, and then he said, Jesus, fill him right now. And when he said now, it was a, like a lightning bolt from heaven hit me in my stomach, exploded through my body. I collapsed to the ground. I was physically pinned to the floor for 40 minutes. It was like I was under a giant waterfall of pure love and pure power. I heard the voices of millions singing an indescribable song, and I felt, you know, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices more for the salvation of, of one soul than the righteous acts of 100. I heard heaven's party, and I saw the bodily presence of Jesus come and hover over my body, and he was smiling, and when I sat up 40 minutes later, tears streaming down my face, I had been instantaneously delivered from five years of drug addiction, and never, ever, ever went back. And two days later, I had another amazing encounter where God called me. He said, he spoke to me. I'm on my knees worshiping. He said, I've called you to preach my gospel. I said, yes, Lord, I will. And waves of power started coming over me. And I started speaking in a strange language. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> People then rush around me, say, speak it out. And I'm thinking, it's gibberish. <laughs> but I couldn't speak English. This prayer language was flowing through me. And it's been, that's May 2nd, 1986. And it's been a crazy
1: Holy Ghost ride ever since. Oh, that's that's amazing. The, the wonderful Holy Spirit loves to blast us. He loves to wreck <laughs> our plans and kind of make it seem like it was our idea to get into ministry for, for the glory of Jesus. Amen. Um, can you describe real quick, Just you said that you saw Jesus during that, that moment of, of salvation. What did he look like? What did you experience in that?
2: Well, you know, there's, there's realms, there's different realms of, of prophetic. There's, you see things sometimes with your physical eyes, it's a supernatural. There's oftentimes you see things in the, uh, in the spirit of your mind, you know, because the Bible talks about the mind of the spirit, which is the mind of the Holy Spirit, but the spirit of the mind. And those elements are actually going to become more and more real in the days we're living in, that we begin to see in the, in the spirit realm. Paul prayed for that in Ephesians 1.17. He said, I always pray to the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I like what the Amplified says, of insight into the mysteries and secrets, in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your heart, your understanding, enlightened or flooded with light so you have your natural eyes but you also have spiritual eyes the eyes of your heart and there's things in the eyes of your heart you'll see that you'll that never see all I remember is seeing this this beautiful face of glowing face and I I was so aware of the smile of God yeah. it was such an amazing smile of God and I found it really interesting as I started when I was diving into this book looking into Jesus, and these 30 incredible descriptions of Jesus Christ from Revelation chapter one, you know, what's so amazing is it really caught my attention that here, Revelation is preparing a people for the most intense season the world will ever see, Mm. and the first thing God does is, let me reveal more of myself to you, and it began to really hit me that These 30 descriptions are what is that God felt was most important for us to focus on and understand so we can handle the intensity of the days that we're heading into. And whether people believe in uh, that, you know, we're going to be raptured before middle of the end of tribulation, it's going to get crazy before even the great tribulation. We're already seeing that. But in there, one of the descriptions is son of man, right? Now, 85 times Jesus uses the description son of man to talk about himself. Only seven times did he call himself the son of God. The revelation of Jesus as the son of man. You know, people people think Jesus came here, got into a human body for 33 and a half years, and then was like, whew, I'm glad that's over, you know, and I'm out of here. But he was resurrected in a human, a resurrected human body. Right. And Daniel, in Daniel chapter 7, when he sees the rise of the Antichrist in this incredible vision, and he sees God the Father called the Ancient of Days, he sees him uh, around uh, the courts of heaven overseeing the end time battle. Daniel says, I saw one like the Son of Man. He saw Jesus still in human form at the end times, riding on the clouds of heaven, There. One of the things that I didn't realize when I had that initial experience, I was seeing Jesus as the son of man. I was seeing Jesus, even though he's fully God everywhere present, but the great mystery is he also retains a, a resurrected human body for all eternity. That's why the Bible also calls him one of the descriptions, the firstborn from the dead. Hmm. He's the firstborn. He is the model, the example of what we are going to become. Forever connected to the divine, but also this human frame that's resurrected and, and perfected as God always intended.
1: You can hear God's voice and prophesy. Every person with the Spirit of God living in them can be used by God for entry-level prophecy. Entry-level prophecy is the starting point of an incredible adventure in hearing God's voice and prophesying. Prophecy encourages, comforts, and edifies people. And our heart is to equip and educate you to hear God and prophesy, walking it out as a lifestyle. And that's why we created entry-level prophecy e-course on charismacourses.com. Through this powerful e-course, you will be equipped to hear God and to prophesy. You will gain the necessary biblical understanding needed to take a step of faith and speak what you hear God saying to see people encouraged, comforted, and edified. In this course, you'll learn about the fruit of the spirit, the character traits of God, how to receive and deliver a prophecy, how to judge a prophecy, and what foundation you need to prophesy, and what heart motivations are necessary to prophesy. When you enroll in this e-course, you'll also have access to bonus materials and our live coaching sessions. Go to charismacourses.com to purchase entry-level prophecy and learn how to hear God's voice and prophesy. Amen. I, I, I believe that your book is a very timely message. As the younger generation, which I celebrate Gen Z, and um, I'm part of X, and then the millennials, they they just want Jesus, yeah. and so this book, looking under Jesus, is part of your revelation from what the Holy Spirit has revealed to you personally, but also scripturally. And um, I, I mean, it's very needed now, where we just need to strip away some of the man made things constructs and systems that have been in place for years and just look and gaze and glance upon his face. And so you provide these meditations, the, these devotionals, you know, and and personal encounters as well. You, you would hit on just a few chapters in, you'd hit on the seven manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I've heard some people call it the sevenfold spirit of God. Um, now there's been some balanced teaching on this and some biblically unbalanced teaching on this but can you expand on what do you mean by the seven manifestations which the sevenfold spirit of god yeah you know it's interesting is each of those descriptions of revelation in fact
2: you will when you really get in the book of revelation people are like oh it's all about crazy you know persecution of the saints there's over 400 verses in revelation and only 12 deal with the persecution of the saints it's predominantly the revelation of Je- of the person of Jesus Christ. That's the first five words of the book. Yep. The revelation of Jesus Christ. And then what we see is um, it talks about the seven spirits that stand before the throne from the seven spirits. Well, everything, everyone of the descriptions point back often to the old testament. And you look at the it's a principle of Bible study called the law first mentioned. You look at where that's first mentioned. If you go back into uh isaiah chapter 11 you see the seven manifestations of the holy spirit that were upon jesus it's speaking prophetically about what will be upon jesus and the first thing it says it says the spirit shall rest the spirit of wisdom and uh, uh and and uh, understanding counsel and might knowledge and of the fear of the lord there are seven distinctive expressions of the holy spirit Now, we know Jesus walked in the fullness of all of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit here on the earth. You know, what's interesting, Jared, and one thing a lot of people don't understand, when Jesus came to this earth in a human form, he never used his own divine power to perform a single miracle or to overcome any attack of the enemy. He relied on the exact same power of the Holy Spirit that he has now made available to us. So the seven manifestations, that's why I call it the seven manifestations. There's not seven different Holy Spirits. There's seven manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God will rest. The Bible says when Jesus was baptized and John the Baptist, he said, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven and remain on him. Now, when we're born again, we have the spirit of God in us, but there is something that for those of us that have walked into a a fuller spirit-filled life, you can also be honest that there's times where it's like you're so aware of the presence of of the Holy Spirit resting on you in a unique way. Maybe it's prophetic, maybe it's intercession, maybe it's miracles or, 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 or sharing the word of God. But there is, but often then we feel like we don't, we're not aware of that as much, you know, and we kind of get disengaged and distracted. These seven manifestations that are going to be fully released in the end times. We're going to begin to walk in a place where 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we are an end time people that are under the true control of the Holy Spirit because he is resting on us in that outward manifestation. Because Jesus had the Holy Spirit in him from birth. We know that he actually in right. the womb. Uh, so so when, when he was baptized and John saw the spirit descend on him, it was a separate experience. It was a different experience and it remained on him. And then wisdom, whew, glory to God, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. I also call revelation. You know, one of the things that I want to share, I started having these crazy encounters in the late 90s I had many many encounters with God already but I actually had two angels or what I thought well there were two angels that came and stood next to me and I began to have these encounters and they had names on the chest one was wisdom one was understanding in fact I even questioned when I first saw it when I saw understanding and I was like isn't that kind of redundant? You know, I'm not that educated. I got kicked out of school. So <laughs> I got my doctorate now, but you know, and when I questioned it, I couldn't see its name clearly. Huh. And then I rested for several minutes praying. And then I said, well, maybe it was what I first thought understanding and it came in close. And the Lord spoke to me and said, even the slightest doubt will blind your spiritual vision. See the the reason I, I believe he's, he talks about the very beginning that, the message is coming from him who is, who was, who is to come, and from the seven spirits which stand before the throne of God. These seven, he's drawing our attention that these seven manifestations with uh, the spirit of rest, resting on us, wisdom, understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, supernatural power, uh, of knowledge. And that one knowledge speaks of deep intimacy with God and something that has been greatly lacking in the Western church the spirit of the fear of the Lord.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, the Bible says that, um, by mercy and truth, men depart from, or, uh, I'm sorry, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, but by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. So what's coming in the manifestation of the Holy spirit. And as we behold God it's it, it's going to be a, this both dual. We're going to see the mercy of God. We're going to see the love of God. And we're also going to receive the fear of God. You know, you think about it. Nowhere in the Bible did anybody see a manifestation of God and go, isn't he lovely? Yeah. They fell to the ground as though dead. They said, depart from me. I'm a sinner. Woe unto me. I'm undone. And that kind of manifestation of God is coming, not because God wants to just, you know, beat us down. Quite the contrary. The fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord will keep you safe. The fear of the Lord is is a guard, and it's also the gateway to the deepest revelations of who God is, for his secrets are with those who fear him.
1: Amen. I love that. You know, I'd had, as you had, we we know that people can have a supernatural experience and not get up changed and transformed, right? That happened when Jesus said, when, when they were coming to arrest him, he said, I am he, and they fell down, right? Under the power of the Holy Spirit, which I believe is biblical evidence to uh, the manifestation of being slain in the spirit, along with when the apostle John encountered the risen Christ, he fell down. But those people in in the gospel of John, when he said, I am he, they still got up and arrested him. People can have a supernatural encounter and not get up, change, and transform. But when you have an encounter with the risen Christ, you can't help but not be changed. You have to be changed. For me, I'd had an encounter with him. I was young in the faith, probably about nine months in, clean and sober, and I saw the risen Lord And he, it was like a, the fear of the Lord hit me and it was a holiness. It was the, I'm undone. I'm a sinner. But then there he is in all his glory, like in revelation one, revelation four, you know, his face of fire, you know, I, I can't really describe it. I mean, it was Jesus in his risen glory Coming in his grace and his power, and the fear of the Lord, which changed me, transformed me. And my spiritual prayer language in that, you know, before that, my spiritual prayer language was very small, but then it developed in a full blown vocabulary, you know, full blown language. It shifted, it was uh, singing in tongues. I was weeping, crying, laughing. And I there were witnesses there. So that revelation of Jesus, the fear of the Lord that you're talking about, has been a personal encounter of mine, but for you, what description of Jesus um, through your experience or through the biblical encounters and revelation speaks most to you?
2: Yeah, that's, um, you know, it's really hard because, you know, nothing transforms the human heart like the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ, and in these 30 descriptions here, uh, there's ones that just really drive me uh, so much, but I think one of the most important ones It's actually, it's found in two of them. One is as to him who loved us and shed his blood and then his eyes as flames of fire. Mm -hmm. Because both of them speak about the intensity of the emotional passion that God has for us. I I, I don't think people understand. First is the divine motive of God. Why did God, why does God love me so much? Why is Jesus love weak, frail humankind, even in our horrible, wretched, fallen state? Why does he love us so much? What was the divine mode? Why is he treating us different than all of other creation? Have you ever thought of, why, why didn't he offer redemption to demons, you know, to wow. fallen angels? Why wow. is it, what is it about the human The human frame, well, number one, the human frame was created unique above all of other creation. It was created with the capacity to engage and house the fullness of the glory of the unlimited God. Let your mind try to get around that one. God's intention was not just to be with man, but to dwell in man for all eternity and to engage with man in the most deepest intimate level. The reality is, it is the greatest love story of all time. The father created mankind for a divine purpose. He wanted a bride for his son, a bride that was worthy of his son. The only one that could be worthy of God himself, of, of Jesus, of the son of God, would be one that looks just like him. Five times in the book of John, uh, John, chapter 17, the longest prayer we see Jesus praying to his father, five times he says, To those whom you gave me, we were created uniquely to be the eternal, in an eternal union with Jesus Christ forever as the bride of christ excuse me to fully engage and to interact and experience the oneness with god unlike anything else in creation will ever be and the father gave mankind to do his son jesus but when we sinned because god is perfectly holy it the 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 holy and the unholy cannot it's impossible to dwell together light cannot dwell with darkness so we could mankind could never fulfill the eternal purpose as long as we're in the fallen state so the father turns to his son and says go rescue your bride Mm. go rescue the ones i gave you and he came and he shed his blood. He there was a divine motive. It wasn't just because God could have just started over and rebuilt man again from afresh. Yeah. But why didn't he? I describe it this way, Jared. If you had a nice piece of jewelry, a fine necklace, and uh and and, and it was your favorite piece of jewelry and you really loved it and you lost it. Well, you could be sad, you look for it, but it's lost. It could be sad, but you know, you could always go probably buy and reproduce that piece of jewelry. But if that piece of jewelry was your grandfather's and he had it all of his life, and then on his deathbed, out of all of the grandchildren, he gave it to you. Now, if you lose it, it's irreplaceable, right? It's irreplaceable, not just because of what it is, but because of who gave it to you. You and I are irreplaceable to Jesus because the father gave us he gave you he gave me to Jesus that's why Jesus I'm not going to lose any that I that you gave me when we begin to understand that divine motive let me tell you a quick story here I a number of years ago we adopted a young man he was actually a legal adult at the time we adopted him horrible drug background a drug dealer himself violent uh, raised in the hood a violent background. Both his parents were drug addicts. uh God miraculously delivered him. Had an incredible encounter with God. Started traveling the nations with me. Started preaching. Started uh, uh, evangelizing. I mean, our youth pastor—he's doing amazing. Had a medical issue and got hooked back on opiates. Mm-hmm. Three and a half years, and and you know, it, it. He went before the church and confessed it, but the shame, yeah. the humiliation of falling back into that. And for three and a half years, he, he struggled with heroin and meth addiction. And it was just horrible. And every bad story you've ever heard, we went through it. And I kept reaching out to reach out, and even everybody was saying, give up on him, let him hit rock bottom. You know, when people have lived their life at rock bottom, hitting rock bottom doesn't wake them up. It's that unconditional love. And one day we were struggling through and it it looked like we started getting breakthroughs and he kept falling back in. I had sent him up to Alaska, trying to get him away from Dallas and away from, you know, the old drug buddies. He ends up out on the streets. He'd been on the streets for three days, hadn't eaten for three days. This winter weather has kicked in. It's about 40 degrees. It's raining. He's only got a very thin jacket on. He's soaking wet. He knows he's going to die that night of hypothermia. Mm. He starts cursing God out screaming, cursing, cursing, cursing for 20, 30 minutes. I hate you. I never want anything to do with you. Soon as he stopped screaming, the Holy Spirit spoke to him, said, turn down this alley. He was stunned that God even was speaking to him. He walked down this long alley. The Holy Spirit said, see that dumpster Go on the far side? There's a bag there. Open it up. He goes down. He opens up the bag immediately sees a $400 brand new tag still on a waterproof ski jacket. He also had gluten intolerance. And uh, so he couldn't eat anything gluten. Under the the jacket was boxes and boxes of gluten-free nutrition bars. Wow. And he sat there and cried. And I remember when I was chasing him, and God showed me one day he was going out with a drug buddy and I kind of chased him on the streets and he just was leaving. And I saw pure darkness in this drug friend on the inside and the outside. But I saw my son, I saw darkness on the outside that he had surrendered himself to, but I saw a beautiful white light and God spoke to me and said, I fight for that, which is mine. Yeah. The divine motive of Jesus, the passionate fiery desire he has for you and me, That. That understanding that how can God love me as he is? Oh, because you are the father's gift to him. Nothing transforms the human heart like the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ.
0: Oh,
1: that is so good. That is so good. While you're talking uh, in, the, in the spirit realm, in the Holy Spirit, I'm the Shekinah glory cloud of Jesus is right here in our midst, his glory as we're talking about him. This is what I'd like... To do real quick, I'd like to ask you uh, what is the main takeaway you'd like people to take from this conversation and from your book, Looking Under Jesus? And then right after that, can you pray for us, our viewers, our listeners, to receive a revelation of Jesus? And then whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Amen.
2: Yeah. You know, like I said, nothing transforms the human heart like the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. We spend so much time going through seminars and books and to discover who we are in Christ. But you can never really understand who you are until you see who he is. That's right. It is beholding him. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, as we continue to behold him, in, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, we are being changed. We got to get our minds, our focus off of all the things of the world and the focus on Him, not just on, on who He is and also what He's focused on, which is the end of the age. There is a day coming soon that is so much greater than we can possibly imagine. And it is what we will eternally be engaged in. And that will give us hope and strength to deal with all the struggles and battles and challenges of our day. But God is revealing. We're about to enter in to the greatest season of the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ that the world has ever seen. Oh, there's going to be miracles and manifestations and signs and wonders. But it's the revelation of him is what will give you the strength to endure. It's the revelation of him, who he is, beholding him in his eyes. You know, I had an incredible experience, and this is going to be the prayer that I pray. I had an incredible experience in my early Christian walk on Ephesians 1:17 and 18, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. For hours I listened to some a, a, a man of God, my spiritual father, Morcero, teach on it for about six minutes, but I knew something was there. I kept repeating the tape over and over again for two hours praying over it. I tried to explain to my roommate multiple times what was happening, but I I you know when you're receiving revelation, sometimes you can't articulate it. And I was so overwhelmed. And while trying to share with them, I had an open vision. I was no longer seeing the room I was standing in. I was in a vast expanse and I saw these words. May he grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And not from behind the words or in front of the words, but from within the very words themselves, the word of God, I saw the most amazing blue white light. I saw the Shekinah glory of God. I fell to my feet. I started crying, I see it, I see it, I see it. And God spoke to me then. And he said, son, through my word, you'll see me. And I wanna pray for the viewers and the listeners right now. That God anoints you. Paul was praying for the most spiritual people of his day, the Ephesian church, that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And father, in the name of Jesus, Right now, release that same manifestation of the spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of you by flooding the eyes of their heart and their understanding with light the light of the knowledge of the glory of God as revealed in the face of Jesus oh God, so we can know and understand what is the eternal hope, what is the glorious inheritance, and what is the surpassing greatness of your power that is in and for us, the spirit of wisdom and revelation under the authority of the name of Jesus, release it upon your people right now, God, anoint our eyes to see Jesus as he really is. Now, just reach out and receive it. Just reach out and say, I claim that. I declare that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the deep and intimate knowledge of him in Jesus' mighty name. Whoo,
0: fire. <laughs>
1: Amen. While you were praying, I saw like his white robe of glory and his hands reaching out. And the the Bible verse, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Very relevant to this conversation, the spirit of wisdom, of revelation, the spirit of rest, spirit of the Lord be upon you all who are listening into this conversation with Steve, Dr. Steve Foss. What is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information, um, resources, and also your book, Looking Under Jesus?
2: Well, stevefoss.com, they also can look me on Facebook. And, uh, you know, we're producing uh, I would, probably the greatest resource is Zadok, Z-A-D-O-K, like the High Priest Zadok. Go on your app store, download the Zadok app. There are over 700 incredible messages on there. One of the things on there is there's two great things on our, our Zadok discipleship course which over a half a million people have completed, will revolutionize your life. And now we are releasing every week, a new teaching on looking unto Jesus. It's probably gonna be 80 half hour sessions unveiling these descriptions. And then of course, get the book. I tell people take this, you know, people think devotional, okay, it's a nice little encouraging thing. This is so much scripture, so much word, so much depth and revelation. But take the challenge. Thirty days, every day, get up, spend about ten minutes. It'll take about ten minutes to go through each chapter, and just focus on Jesus. Watch what happens during those thirty days. You, it's going to transform the way you think, the way you feel, the way you focus on life, the way you even interpret what's going on around. And uh, they can get that at stevefoss.com. They also can go Amazon, you know, Barnes and Noble walmart everywhere Uh, they can get it uh, all over the place but get that book get some of your friends you know one of the things that's happening it's just this just came out people are buying 10 and 15 and 20 they're buying many because they're taking their small groups through it and they're already the testimonies that i'm getting back it's only been out for a few days i mean well we had them for about a month but it's been out for a couple weeks but we're getting testimonies. Pastors are saying this is phenomenal. They want to take their churches through it. So I really encourage people get a hold of this, because as you focus on Him, the peace, the joy, the freedom, the victory, uh, the strength that will come in you will be unlike anything you've ever experienced.
1: Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. This is more than a devotional. This book is experiential. It's scriptural. It's it's deep. You will get a revelation of the risen Christ through this. As the Holy Spirit is being poured out in power around the world, I want to encourage everybody get a hold of looking under Jesus, go to stevefoss.com or purchase your book on Amazon or wherever you prefer to get your books, Barnes and Noble, as Dr. Steve had mentioned, even Walmart and other places like that. Get multiple copies, guys, and also subscribe to Adventures in the Spirit. But share this episode, share this episode. The best way you know how, whether it's on social media, whether it's texting the the podcast link to your friends and family so that they can encounter the risen Christ. Dr. Steve, thank you so much for being my special guest on Adventures in the Spirit. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, a podcast that activates you to live the supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share it with your friends. Leave a five-star rate and review, which helps us reach more people with the love and power of the Holy Spirit and partner with us at firebornministries.com. And may you live your best spirit-empowered life and have your own adventures in the Holy Spirit.